Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, I tell you, Fox News is really banging that Nikki Haley drum, man. Boom, 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 Nikki Haley, we love her. Uh, They actually had a Chiron up there a few minutes ago. Nikki Haley uh, competitively polling with Trump in New Hampshire. Oh, and and what they cite is this new CNN poll. Now, this is Fox News relying on a CNN poll, right? Wink, wink. Uh, This got Trump up by seven. In New Hampshire, Trump 39, Haley 32, Christie 12, DeSantis 5. Um, But if you go down here, here's a USA Today poll. Trump's up by 20. Let's see. Overall, Trump up, including that seven-point lead he's got in New Hampshire with CNN. Uh, Trump is ahead 13.7. Here in South Carolina, Trump's up 30. And in Iowa, Trump's up 36. So we'll see how things happen over that, but they're just banging that Nikki Haley drum, man. They've all oh, they want that so bad, so so bad. So we got some new job numbers out. Well, not really new job numbers. We had a revision, which always happens. This happens so much. It's it's. I mean, I, you don't even need to predict it. You know it's going to happen. So they come out with these job numbers. Oh, look at how many jobs Joe Biden has created. Look at all of these jobs and jobs and jobs and jobs. And then a couple of months later, they'll come back and they'll quietly issue a, not a retraction, but an adjustment. They will adjust the numbers. Well, they adjusted the numbers for uh, December and they were only off by half a million. That's it. I mean, it was, oh, that was just razor thin there, wasn't it? Oh, they only missed it by half a million jobs. In fact, you just heard at the top of the hour, 8.7 million Americans had to take on a second job just to make ends meet. 8.7 million people took on second jobs. That is not the sign of a good economy. It's, it's, it's just not. And you even have that one uh, uh, spokesperson for the Biden administration. This is not what this is not what Bidenomics is all about. Let me tell you, sorry, you own that now. The day that Joe Biden coined this Bidenomics, and he did that himself, I believe. Now you own it. You you can't get rid of it. It's on you. It's it's on you like super glue. It's on you like what is that? Gorilla glue. It's not coming off. That stain is there. We know you're not. We know they're not doing anything about it. 
because they don't care. So what do they do? They always blame you. This is your fault. The economy is your fault. You just don't realize how good you got it. Did you know not long ago they tried to sneak something by us, um, the Office of uh, Management and Budget, the OMB. They, tried, they, they uh, issued this, uh, this statement about inflation, and they said that one of the causes of inflation was quality of the product. Oh, so in essence, what they were really trying to say is you're not paying more for the same thing that you paid for last year or two years ago. You're buying a better, higher quality product. So, of course, those products are going to cost more. So this isn't really inflation. It's, it's just you're getting better products. Anybody buying that? Anybody believe in that? Raise your hands. Yeah, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Let's go to Gene in Greenville and talk to him. Gene, welcome to the well, – wait a minute, hold on. Gene, welcome to the program. How you doing? All righty. Yeah, what, what was the hesitation there? I mean – What uh, hesitation? Uh, that's all right. That's in my mind, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that was now, it. I'm calling up to tell you that uh, Joe Biden is the job's president. Now, uh, I want, I'll, uh, now don't forget, there's a, a component you're missing here uh, with respect to all his policies providing jobs, good-paying jobs. Yeah. Good-paying union, union jobs. jobs. That's Got right. Union. You yeah. Unions. And you and I and, every, and everybody who's watched the union movement in this country for the past 40 years know it's an extortion racket. Oh, absolutely. The only yeah. people that benefit out of that are the union bosses. Right. But that's why the job numbers are so low, because they're not good-paying union jobs. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's all that matters <laughs> to Joe Biden, you know, growing up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Gene, always a pleasure, buddy. Thank you so much for calling the GS Plumbing Talk Line, 800-905-0989, the Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line, 71307. But that's the rosy picture that they were trying to paint. But they can't do that anymore. So uh, each month, the Department of Labor estimates the number of workers on non-farm payrolls and publishes these in its employment situation report, usually first Friday of the month. They were decent numbers, but now we find out that they only missed them, like I said, by half a million. That's pretty much a shame. Speaking of uh, non-farm jobs, actually speaking of farm jobs, been telling you that we are going to uh, really hit on this year um, homesteading. And I had a lovely conversation this morning with the uh, folks at, at Homesteading Living magazine, and they're going to be on on Thursday. It's going to be our first installment as we talk about homesteading this year and how, you know, maybe you're looking at getting into homesteading. Maybe you're just interested in it. Maybe you don't know enough about it but would like to know more about it. This is going to be great because they've, they've got this magazine that they published. I think it's – and they have a like a newsletter called uh, Homesteading Monthly that I subscribe to. I'm about to, to, to get the magazine. Um, and it tells you how to get started because a lot of people think, think you know, you got to have 10 acres and a milk cow. But you really don't. You can have a very small plot of land. I mean, you can even, you know, if you got a balcony, you can start. I just saw this. I saw a thing called the biggest little farm. It was really neat. This woman, she lived in, in an apartment. It's kind of in a high rise. And on her balcony, she started growing peppers. And that's it. 
She just grew peppers, and she loved having her own fresh peppers all the time. And so then she decided, you know what, I want to go out. I want to see if I can do more. So then she started making bread, and she started doing all of this stuff. And before you know it, they bought a small farm. They literally left the city lifestyle, started a small farm, and it is a, it is a fascinating little, it's a kind of a mini-series documentary. Uh, look for it online, the, the, the Biggest Little Farm. It really is very enjoyable to watch. It's It really is. So if you guys are interested in homesteading, learning how to homestead, learning how to be a little more self-sufficient, uh, this is absolutely going to be for you. So we'll talk to, with the folks from Homesteading li, Homestead Living Magazine coming up on Thursday. And I believe that's going to be at 4.06. Got to double-check that. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show, News Talk 98.9 WRD, the voice of the Carolinas. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Let's go to the GS Plumbing Talk Line, 800-905-0989. We'll talk to Grace in Spartanburg. Grace, welcome to the program. How you doing? Not too bad. How about you? Doing really, really great on this rainy. Oh, by the way, we're hearing in Calpins things are not looking very good right now with the weather. Uh, I hope things are good where you are, Grace. What's on your mind? Well, uh, you know, you and Gene were just talking about how the union's are only beneficial to the union bosses. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not a union boss, but I am in the process of retiring after 25 and a half years at a union job. My, all through that time, my benefits have been outstanding. My pay scales have been outstanding. And as I retired, my retirement uh, pension is outstanding. So unions do serve a purpose besides... They, they used uh, to, but they don't anymore. I mean, just think about that. Because, Grace, what they do is they give you a crumb of what the union bosses are making. No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. But my union shop manager person right now over in Greer makes the same hourly rates that full-time employees... At my former job, like. Okay, what's what's the point on that one? The point is, he doesn't make any more than I do. That's it. I'm, we're not talking about the guys at your office. We're talking about the big guys higher up the food chain. Oh, like Sean O'Brien. <laughs> I have no idea who your union reps are, but for every raise oh, you Sean, get. Sean O'Brien is the Teamster National President. Yeah. And there are Teamsters that do not think he's worth powder and salt, but I think he's worth every penny he has earned. And the key word is he's 
Earning it, earning it on your back, Grace, on your back. I appreciate you calling in, but that's it. Oh, we got to, we got to raise, we got to raise minimum wage. We got to raise, you know, you know who that really benefits when they talk about raising minimum wage? It doesn't help minimum wage workers. It doesn't help them. What it does is it helps the folks higher up. They're the ones that really benefit because their pay is also based on minimum wage. So if the minimum, if the person making minimum wage gets another dollar an hour, those union bosses are getting a boatload more than that. Was there a time in this country where unions served a purpose? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely there was. But those times are long gone. Long gone. Unions always make things cost more. That's why Boeing came to South Carolina. They were supposed to be in, in, in Seattle. And guess who tried to stop that from happening? Barack Hussein Obama. Speaking of him, want you to listen to this. Um, this was Michelle Obama on a uh, on a podcast. Going to play this for you here. Let's take a listen. What keeps me up are the things that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, the war in the region in too many regions. What is AI gonna do for us? The environment, you know, are we moving at all fast enough? What are we doing about education? Mm. Are people gonna vote? And why aren't people voting? Are we too stuck to our phones? I mean, those are the things that keep me up because you you don't have control over them. Mm -hmm. And you wonder where are people, where are we in this? You know, where are our hearts? What's going to happen in this next election? I am. T- What's going to happen in this next election? Folks, let me tell you what I believe this is. I believe this is Michelle Obama dipping her toes in the water to see what type of response people are going to give her. This is the dipping of the toes in the water because a lot of people are now saying, I mean, even the folks over there at JP Morgan Chase, um, J.P. Morgan strategist predicts Joe Biden will drop out of the 2024 race. President Biden will not run for reelection during a tumultuous year that will see parts of the country suffer rolling blackouts, the release of, of inhaled COVID vaccine and boycotts over driverless cars, a top J.P. Morgan Chase strategist predicted. Michael Simsbelst, who heads the market and investment strategy unit at Wall Street Bank's asset management division, made the forecast on his list of 10 surprises for 2024. Tops among the budding Nostradamus' prophecies was that 81-year-old Joe Biden will drop out of the race sometime between Super Tuesday and the November election, citing health concerns. So the Democrats, don't you think they've got somebody lined up to run? Now, is it going to be Gavin Newsom? No. Is it going to be this, uh, the governor of Kentucky? He might want it, but it's certainly not going to be him. So over on War Room this morning, Monica Crawley was talking with Steve Bannon. Let's take a listen, if we can. Are not going to let this thing slip away with an incompetent like uh, Joe Biden? Yeah. Hey, great to see you, Steve. Um, Yeah, our good friend Joel Gilbert produced a film, a documentary in early 2022 called Michelle Obama 2024. I had him on my podcast. We talked about it. And then I took the main stage at CPAC late February of 2022, along with our good friend Jack Posobiec and some others. 
and I raised the possibility of Michelle Obama. And you could hear a pin drop yep. in that auditorium, Steve. I got to tell you, when I mentioned the possibility of Michelle Obama being the Democrat nominee, you could hear total silence in that auditorium. Thousands of people just went <gasps> collective gasp because it had not occurred to anybody. But, you know, Joel really lays it out very well. Yeah, I think a lot. I think it did occur to a lot of people, but it's just something we didn't want to say. Because that terrifies me. The thought of a Michelle Obama running for president. Listen, this woman now and none of that. What I'm about to say, none of it matters. She's got no she knows nothing about foreign policy. She knows nothing about domestic policy. She knows nothing about the economy. She knows nothing about anything. This is a this is a, a woman who had her law license revoked. And she could be the next president of the United States. If you think about it. Right? Does anybody else, any of the any of the other Democrats, do they terrify you as much as the thought of Michelle Obama being the Democrat candidate? Because, folks, you are going to see a voter turnout on the Democrat side if Michelle Obama is the candidate, like uh, the likes of which you have never seen. 81 million votes? Forget it. It's going to be 100 million votes. These people are going to show up left and right. That's terrifying. Let's go to Gerald and Calpins. Gerald, how's the weather out there, man? Well, it's getting a little spooky, brother, but we'll make it. There you go. Uh, Charlie, I, I told you before, Big Mike would run for president. Yeah. And he, he, she, or it will pick Oprah Winfrey as a running mate. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now you're now, now you pretty much locked it in. We might as well look for another country. Right. Am I right? I appreciate it, pal. Thank you very much. I mean, uh, do you want to live in a country that's run by somebody like Michelle Obama? You think Joe Biden's bad? You think Barack is bad? Was bad? Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. That would be, you might as well turn out the lights on America because it's over. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WRD, the voice of the Carolinas. Well, a delegation of Republicans went uh, from the House, went down to the border the other day, and they were talking about how they were going to hold the line. They're going to do something about border funding, about, you know, border security, but nothing in the new spending bill. So how bad is it at the border? We're being joined right now by Eric Rourke. He's with Numbers USA. Eric, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on. How many? How many? Because we know uh, December, we had a record amount of uh, encounters at the border, what, th- uh, well over 300,000. How many have actually gotten across the border under the Biden administration? Well, that's a good question. Uh, as you point out, December was 302,000, and that's an all-time high. Yeah. Uh, but those numbers, the encounters, that term is what they use for individuals that have been uh, come into contact with Border Patrol, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that number doesn't include people who, who are known as gotaways, right? And there's those that we know, which there's evidence, either observation or evidence that footprints, cameras, sensors. And then there's the unknowns, which we don't know, but right. we assume 
lots of people are getting in undetected, particularly since the Biden administration not only has taken down surveillance equipment, but also uh, taken Border Patrol agents off of the border. And so it was reported by the Washington Post that uh, 2.3 million, this came from the administration, 2.3 million aliens under Biden, inadmissible aliens, had been released. We do, you know, those numbers are going to be higher. Uh, I think it's probably more like 3 million that have been released by the Biden administration. So then you're also looking at several million more who have gotten over, who haven't gone through process. And so, you know, that number could be five, six million people under under the president Biden so far. And that number is going to grow because they're not doing anything to stem the flow. Actually, they're asking for more funds from Congress to process people in more quickly. Yeah, it was uh, somebody asked uh, Mayorkas the other day, who, by the way, admitted that 80, what, 85, 87 percent um, uh, of people have, uh, that have crossed the border have been released into the interior of the United States. He said he wouldn't be for any funding that would go towards deporting people. That's right. And that was a, he was at Eagle Pass, Texas yesterday. He's having the uh, well, he's not going to be there, but the House is starting an impeachment inquiry. Mm-hmm. So this sort of was an. Uh, in lieu of that, he was going down to show how tough he is on the border. But while he was in a meeting, it came out, it was reported by people in the meeting, that he did admit that over 85 percent of inadmissible aliens are being released every day. You know, show up, the Border Patrol comes in contact with are being released into into the United States. And so, again, his argument is we need more money um, to deal with the, the broken immigration system. But in his terms, it's broken only because there are limits, right? Right. To how many people, you know, that are, are allowed to get in. And so he's circumventing the law. That's one of the reasons that the House is looking at impeaching him. But, yeah, he doesn't want any money for Border Patrol agents on the border or for detention space, more detention space, more beds, which, you know, anyone who comes in who's not admissible is by law supposed to be detained until they have a hearing in front of an immigration judge. And obviously that that's not happening in Mayorkas doesn't want that to happen. He's not, he's asked he, every budget. He asks for less money for detention space. So, um, you know, he, he, will, he only complies with the laws, which he wants to. And if, if he doesn't like the law, then he's simply going to ignore it. We did have a, uh, I think it was a Democrat state Congresswoman who said she wanted illegal aliens to come to her district because it would help with her redistricting. I mean, this is this is too. I mean, it's too flawless a plan not to be planned, right? Well, yes, uh, and I did see that video actually. I think um, I, I don't know how recent that was, but it was recent enough. Uh, you know, the last couple of years, I think she was from New York. Mm-hmm. But that's that's true. That you know, we see in California. Uh, I, I think they would lose upwards of five seats um, if they only counted legal residents right. in a state. And so that's sort of a conundrum, right? If you have Texas, for instance, uh, wants to crack down on um, illegal aliens. In the state, you have people within the state who would point out, well, we're going to lose representation. Not only representation in Congress, it's how they apportion the seats based on the total number of residents, but that's also how they dole out um, federal funds based on the population, right? And so there is, unfortunately, an incentive for people, for or sorry, for states to want to grow their population any way they can, including through illegal immigration, because it has benefits for them, uh, represent representation in Congress and federal funds. So what are the Republicans doing about it? I mean, they were down there. They were saying that they were going to hold the line, talking the tough talk. But anything I mean, even Representative Lankford said that, you know, there's not going to be any decision on any 
uh, border any border decision coming up in the next week. That's true. I know the Senate Republicans, uh, well, some of them have been negotiating with the White House. Um, what we've seen reported out of that has not been uh, the details have not been very encouraging as far as border security. But the House, uh, as you mentioned, Speaker Johnson went down with the delegation last week to the border. But they've already passed a bill, H.R. 2, Secure the Border Act, back in May. That's an excellent bill that will go a long way towards uh, ending this crisis. It addresses some of the abuses of the Biden administration, but also puts in place, for instance, Remain in Mexico, yeah. which was so successful in the, uh, President Trump, makes that permanent in law. And the position that Speaker Johnson has taken is there's going to be no government funding unless border security is included in any deal with the White House. Uh, the DHS appropriations comes due uh, in February. So, you know, the funding fight is upcoming. Uh, whether the G House GOP stands firm, we'll, we'll see. But right now what we're hearing from them is very positive. That And, and this puts the Biden administration in the tough bind, right? Is the president going to go in front of the American people and say, we're going to shut the government down because I refuse to secure the border. Uh, I don't know the answer to that, but that's certainly politically not something I, I think the White House, that's not a fight the White House wants to have, particularly when we're seeing pushback among traditional Democratic cities, New York, Chicago, and voters there are really up in arms. Sure. The governor of Arizona, who's a Democrat, even uh, Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman the other day. Was, yeah. You know, no, no one can pretend there isn't a border crisis. And so, well, Mayorka certainly is pretending that, but anyone who is honest and paying attention knows that he's not telling the truth. So why didn't they do that with the, the, the most current spending bill that they just came up with? Well, what we've seen are reports, and I know the biggest criticisms I, I have seen have come from, um, you know, sort of the, the what we would say the fiscal hawks who don't like the bottom line number they've seen for spending. But right now we haven't seen any border uh, component. And so what's being reported are sort of you know, speculation behind the scenes sort of things. As you know, from, from our knowledge publicly, certainly we haven't seen Speaker Johnson back off of his insistence that border security must be included. And so, you know, we want to wait to see any details of the media. Uh, you know, you, you have to uh, wait right until the, till it comes into public view because there's a lot of people who want to get out in front of a story or report something in order to define a narrative. So uh, as far as we know, the position of the House GOP and, and you know, they have the leverage in this. They control yeah. the power of the first. So there is no excuse for backing off of that. And, and you know, really, border security is not something that you, you use as a bargaining chip, right, that you trade for something else. Right. That is non-negotiable. Right. Either we have a secure border or we don't. And that is that should be at the top of the list. It should be, and we hopefully it will be very, very soon. Eric Rourke with uh, Numbers USA. Thank you, sir, for calling in. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Take care. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show, News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. Welcome back to the program. What well, we just heard at the top of the hour, 8.7 million people needed a second job last year. Now, this is all under Bidenomics. 8.7 million people had to take on another job just to make ends meet. 
listen to this young lady. Um, uh, she's a Gen Zer, and she is sick and tired of Gen Zers being blamed for everything. I cannot stand how the news has been dogging Gen Z and calling them lazy for not wanting to work a nine to five for the rest of their lives. Let me put it in perspective for everybody who's a little confused here, okay? I work five days out of the week, 40 hours a week, okay? I do not make enough to live on my own. I would not make enough to pay rent, water, electric, and eat all by myself. I would not be capable of doing that. 20 years ago when you were getting started, you could live on your own. 20 years ago when you first started, you were able to do everything that I am now struggling to do. Let me add another perspective here. You've been working for 20 years. You have 20 years of working experience behind your belt. You have 20 years of experience in a career that has allowed you to gain raises, to get more money, to profit you in an economy that you created. You can sit here and you can call Gen Z lazy all you want, but I've been working my tail end off just to barely make it by. And respectfully, I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. I don't want to work my tail end off wasting all of my life working just to barely be able to pay my bills. And that is what you created, not Gen Z. We're just here getting started. You've been doing it for the last 20 years. You tell me how it got ruined. We can sit here and we can call Gen Z lazy all you want, but you let the economy turn into what it did. You let it all run to hell and now it's gen z's fault because we don't want to work to fix your mistakes now let me exp- all right i'm going to give you some advice here sweetie number one in life you are paid to solve a problem the bigger problem you can solve the more money you make example if you have a nail on your porch that needs to be removed That is not a big problem. You're not going to pay anybody a whole lot of money to do that. Now, let's say you've got the same nail in your head. That's a big problem. You're going to pay somebody a hell of a lot of money to remove that. The problem with Gen Z is they haven't been taught to solve any problems. They've been going to school for, oh, I don't know, underwater gender basket weaving or whatever it is. That's that's the problem that 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 that, I mean, and this and that's not my fault. I didn't sign you up for those college classes. If you went to college, I didn't I didn't I didn't force you to take gender studies or any type of studies. That wasn't me. No, 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 no. That was you. You did that. Over at American Thinker, they did a survey of the most useless degrees. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, mm. Upon reflection, it appears that useless degrees share one or more common traits. One, lack of a job market outside academia or government subsidies. Two, They're not data-driven. Three, they demand a postgraduate degree. Four, general lack of scholarly rigor. And five, rampant groupthink and plagiarism. Anything with the word studies in it. Gender studies. Whatever. That's got a useless score of five. Education has a useless score of five. Sociology. Useless score of four. Communications? Oh, that hurts. Also four. Art, history, English? 
dance and drama. You're gonna go. To, you can go to school and go to dance and drama. You got to make that decision. What problems are you going to solve for your employer? Give another example. Another example. A lot of employers require some college, some sort of a college degree. I know a lot, but that's the, the, even that's going by the wayside. That's going by the wayside. But schools are not actually preparing these young people to go into the workforce. A survey of 800 U.S. managers and executives involved in hiring, 38% of employer, employers have uh, involved in hiring, 38% of employers avoid hiring recent college graduates in favor of older employees because Gen Zers are just not prepared. In fact, one in five employers have had a recent college graduate, listen to this, listen to this, 20% of employers have had a recent college graduate have their parents come with them to the job interview. What? Excuse me? Wow. That's pretty amazing. According to 53% of employers, recent college graduates struggle with eye contact during interviews. This is called soft skills. Others ask for unreasonable compensation. They dress inappropriately and they use inappropriate language. 63% of employers say college grads come off as entitled. They also get offended easily. They lack professionalism. They don't respond well to feedback. They lack work ethic and motivation. And they cost too much to train. And they probably won't be on the job all that long. Bring your parents to a job interview? I never, I could not, <laughs> I couldn't even imagine asking my grandfather, hey, granddaddy, I got this job interview. Can you come with me? Oh, oh, that would have gone over well in my home. No. When you go to college, it's supposed to prepare, but they don't teach that stuff. They don't teach how to do a job interview. They don't teach you how to write a resume. They don't teach you how to sit down and, 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 and figure out your taxes. They don't teach you how to balance a checkbook. All of that, you've got to learn yourself. Or you can turn to your parents for it. But we've got a bunch of people out there that are absolutely, completely, totally unprepared for the workforce. I worked with a girl in Columbia. And it's in radio. Radio, they say, oh, you know, you know, nobody sees you in radio. You can you can show up and do the show in your pajamas. You know what she did one day? Showed up in her pajamas. How quick do you think it took her to go uh, to be sent home? Not quick at all. Not quick at all. But that's that's the way Gen Z is. And sorry if that hurts your feelings. Maybe you ought to hang up that Walmart vest that she was wearing in that video and go work on some of your soft skills. We'll be right back. When we get back, will DeSantis drop out after Super Tuesday? It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.